There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands the old rugged cross. On that cross, the battle is raging for the gain of man's soul or his loss. On one side, march the forces of evil, all the demons and devils of hell. On the other, the angels of glory, and they meet on Golgotha's hill. The earth shakes with a force
greatest owner. Our flag stands for freedom in what it is worth. She stands in the harbor, Miss Liberty calls. All have gave some, but some Sorry. 
going to. You ever been to a place in your life where you don't know what to do? There's a lot of folks in the Bible that were in that shape, and you know what they found? The resource, the same one that we have today at our disposal, is the Lord. And I'm glad He's a rock we can run to. He's a place where we can hide and all that. And boy, all of us can all be able to testify to that. I still, and you may disagree with me, that's all right. You have the right to be wrong. But uh, you're looking at the most blessed man on the face of this planet. I can promise you that. And uh, God sure has been good to me. Brother Brandon, I ain't worthy to be saved. And I ain't worthy to be where I am. And, uh, boy, I appreciate God's blessings and His goodness on me. It wasn't by any good that I've done. I'm telling you, by His mercy, His grace, His love. And, boy, it's been sufficient. And He has been good. And if you're saved and you got any age at all on you, you know you got to tell you. You know, He's even been good to the lost man. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Lord gives that opportunity, that space to repent of that sin. Boy, He gives that, that long-suffering hand and that patience. And God's been good to us. And hey, regardless of how wicked and, and vile the U.S. has turned into, we're still the greatest nation on the face of the planet. And I appreciate God's blessings on us. And I appreciate you being here on a Sunday night. Man, good spirit, boy, good spirit of worship here tonight. And I want you to turn your Bibles tonight just for a few moments to 1 Samuel chapter 23. And I just want to share a thought or two with you uh, from the Word of God that I hope will be a help and encouragement to you and you walk with the Lord as we continue on this thought with the life of David. Uh, something special. I believe God can help us and, and uh, can draw us closer unto the Lord. And I sure hope that will. And I asked Jeremy a minute ago if I mentioned that we had a deacon's meeting tonight after service. He said no. So if I did I mention that a few minutes ago? We got a deacon's meeting tonight. I didn't. Well, we got a deacon's meeting tonight after service. So fellas, remember that. Uh, after I forgot to mention it this morning. Uh, but tonight, First Peter, First Samuel, chapter number 23. We'll get it right in a minute. We're looking at the life of David, and, and just going to give you several things here. I'm going to give you nine points. And uh, nine, you think about numerology, we never really got to get on number nine. Uh, but you think about the, the nine fruit of the Spirit, and uh, then you think about the hour. What hour did Jesus die? Well, it was the ninth hour. And uh, that's when he bowed his head and said, Father, in, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost at the ninth hour. That number nine is a number of finality. And when we look at David's life, there's nine times. There may be others, but here, th these nine is where we, we look in tonight, where David inquired of the Lord. Now, uh, sort of, I guess she sung that song, and, and I think about that. There's times in our life, and I asked the question a moment ago, have you ever got to the point where you don't know what to do? And uh, you don't know what decision to make, which direction you're going to go, what path are you going to take. And uh, sometimes it's not always black and white. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, you say, well, uh, does the Lord want me to take another job here or there? You're not going to open up uh, to 1 Samuel 23, and it's not going to read, all right, uh, Brandon, it, you need to go to Stokes Tire. You're not going to see that. It's not always black and white, but what God does, he'll use his word, and he'll use the spirit that works within us, if you're saved, and you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, whether you understand it or, or, or agree with that or not, you're indwelt with the Spirit of God at the moment you got saved. You were baptized into the body of Christ by one Spirit. First Corinthians 12 lets us know that in other passages as well. But when we look at this, how do we know, how do we cipher, how do we discern which direction to go? Well, one of the key ingredients is, is to inquire of the Lord. 
Now, we can go to certain folks. There are certain things down here in life, Brother Harold. We may run to some. Let's say you got a landscaping problem. You go to somebody that, that, that's got the expertise of landscaping. Same thing, pest control. You could do woodworking or what have you. You could go or painting. You could go or, uh, construction. You could go on down the line, banking. You would go to somebody that's in that field, and they've got some knowledge, and they might be able to help you to a certain degree. But understand, mankind, we are limited in what we can do. We serve a God tonight. Ephesians 3.20 still said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. Ask or think. You see, he's got a vast supply that he wants to help us with. And I think as we study the life of David, one of the reasons I believe that God referred to him as a man after God's own heart was because he spoke to the Lord. And we understand David made a mistake, but when God defined David's life, there was only one issue that God brought up, and that was with, I believe it's 1 Kings 15 and verse number 5, where he said, except for that issue with Uriah the Hittite, basically David's heart was right with God the rest of his life. One mistake that he made. And of course he numbered Israel and other, but God, when he defined his life, He said, listen, he walked with me, he followed me with his whole heart, except in that one matter of Uriah the Hittite. Well, tonight David learned to inquire of the Lord. And we've looked at his adolescent years. He was watching as a shepherd. He was warring as a soldier. He was waiting on the sovereign Lord for his plan to unfold. David was anointed first uh, Samuel 16, verse number 13, in the house of Jesse. He had to wait some 15 years before that third anointing. You'll see in the Word of God that in 2 Samuel chapter 2, and verse number 4, they came to Hebron, and they anointed him king over Judah. Now, the 11 tribes to the north, were, they, they were disengaged. They followed Ishbosheth in the beginning, which was Saul's son after the death of Saul. So it was a split, basically divided kingdom. But then the third anointing is when all the twelve tribes came unto David there in Hebron in 2 Samuel chapter number 5 and verse number 3. But that sort of covered his adolescent jumping into his adult years. And we looked at his adult years and we could say this about David. He was running from Saul numerous times and then he was ruling with that golden scepter because he became king of Israel. But he had to wait. And it's worth hitting again. I've said this the last couple of messages. This worth is somebody getting this beside myself. But listen, there's times when you and I may feel or it may seem like God is inactive. Now, we know that God is always active. If you don't believe me, just go down to the ocean. You see where the waves come in, but they only come so far. God has placed a boundary. He's always working. The sun come up this morning. You know what? It didn't come up in the west, come in the east. Why is that? Because that's the way God's ordained things. Tonight, that sun will set if he permits in the west. And when that goes down, God brings up the lesser light of the moon. And if there's not too many clouds outside, you'll see the stars that God hangs up. Who do you think sustains that? Well, according to Colossians, it's done other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we believe God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You say, well, you worship many many gods. No, we worship one God. A lot of folks believe in polytheism, poly being many. They worship many gods. We are monotheistic. We under in, in, in basically like this. We serve one God in three persons. We sure do. Now, there's a lot of things I can't figure out, a lot of things I can't understand. But believe it, I do. That's what the Bible teaches. But God, here David, is learning in his adult years to trust 
in the Lord and to inquire. Now, when David gets in trouble, you don't find anywhere, Brother Brandon, where David is inquiring of the Lord. He's following man's wisdom or he's following man's leadership instead of following the Lord. But there's nine times tonight that I want to share with you uh, these nine times where David inquired of the Lord. And even before I read the text of 1 Samuel 23, that's where we'll begin and we'll plow through and we'll end up in about 2 Samuel 21. I'm not going to read all that from 1 Samuel 23 to 2 Samuel uh, 21, but there's going to be some stops along the way that we're going to look where David inquired of the Lord. But understand New Testament, the Word of God said in Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 6, he should be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and, with, and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Now, why should I make a request unto God? Because I am a needful person. You are a needful individual. There's things that are beyond our control, out of our, out of our range, out of our limitations. We're limited what we can do. But we tap into God that can help us. That's why we're to make our requests known unto the Lord. David, the man after God's own heart, had figured out that principle. The first one we're going to see tonight is in 1 Samuel 23 and in verse number 1. Now notice what the Bible said. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they robbed the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. What we could say about this particular incident is God, uh, Keilah was raided. There was a certain place there. And if you want to know where he was, he had been in the land of Moab in chapter number 22. And according to verse number 5, he had moved into the land of Judah. And he was at a place, the Bible said in verse number 5 of 1 Samuel 22, Then David departed and came into the forest of Hareth. So here he's sitting in Judah, and he hears about Keilah. And again, Saul is still in charge right now. But David still has a heart for God's people. Saul which should have been the one that was down there protecting Keilah. But hey, God had already anointed David king over Israel there in 1 Samuel 16 verse 13 in his father Jesse's house. Although it wouldn't realize by everybody else, he was the protector of Israel. And he heard about the Philistines coming in. And the Israelites and Keilah, what they were doing, they'd done all the work. They were throwing up that chaff in the threshing floor. And they were uh, threshing that wheat. And they'd done all the work. And once the work was completed, probably had all that stuff bagged up or in some kind of basket. That's when the Philistines would come in and they would rob the threshing floor. Now keep in mind, this particular passage in 1 Samuel 23, David is still on the run of Saul. Saul is seeking him every day that he's alive, Brother Randy. So there's a little bit of apprehension about David going up to Keilah. Although his brethren Israel is in trouble, they're being robbed. Their threshing floor is being robbed by the enemy of God's people, the Philistines. David didn't go just because he wanted to. Verse number Two said he inquired of the Lord. In other words, he made his request on the Lord. Lord, I need direction. Lord, I need assistance. I need to know, do you want me to go over here or do you not want me to go? And we read there in verse number 2, and the Bible said, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. So we understand this first time. 
time that he inquired had to do with Keilah being raided. Well, you don't have to go far to see the second time uh, that David inquires of the Lord. Now remember, David's on the run. He's got 600 some men with him, those mighty men of David. And they're following David everywhere he goes. They've been in Moab. Then they went by that forest of Horeb there in chapter 22 and verse number 5. And now they've moved up here and they're in Keilah. And notice verse number 3. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Now, basically this situation where David's getting ready to inquire of the Lord, David's men were rattled. What were they rattled about? Well, they knew Saul and his army was after David. And they thought, man, you know, we're going to be sitting targets. If, if we go up, we're sitting here. If we go up unto Keilah, we're going to be sitting ducks for Saul and the rest of Israel to the north to come and to destroy David. Because that was Saul's desire, was to destroy that threat. So we see David's men were rattled after David said, hey, should we go up? Under Keilah, God said, go on. Now the men of David that were with David said, hey, you know, we're basically afraid. But look at verse number 4. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. You know what? It's all right to pray more than once. It's all right to pray more than once about the same thing. You study the life of Christ. There in the Garden of Gethsemane when we had our, our Easter drama, you've seen it numerous times, Jesus went away and prayed. Then the Bible said he went away again and prayed again the second time. Then the third time saying the same words. He prayed three times. The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. He had that thorn in the flesh. Did he pray once? No. Did he pray twice? No. He prayed thrice. Three times. Thrice. God never saw fit to remove it. Yet Paul continued to pray. You can pray multiple times. So David... Praise, he inquires again. Verse 4, Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. But David did not go on his own wisdom. His brothers were in trouble. Somebody said, well, it's just the right thing to do. No, David inquired of the Lord. Sometimes it may feel like the right thing to do. You still better pray about that thing. Yeah, man. David inquired of the Lord. We see Keilah was raided. David's men were rattled. But we also know, drop down to verse number 10. First Samuel 23. Well, let's just read verse 6. It came to pass when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David to Keilah, that he came down with an ephod in his hand. Now, he was a priest at that time. Verse 7. And it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah. And Saul said, God hath delivered him into mine hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars. You see, that's what David, David's men were afraid of as they were to go into Keilah. He said, man, we're sitting ducks. Here in the city of Keilah. But God's already said, hey, you go on. I'm going to deliver the Philistines into your hands. So Saul thinks he's got them. Verse 8. And Saul called all the people together to war to go, to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. So they're coming down with one purpose. And that was to lay siege on David and his men. Verse 9. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced uh, mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring hither the ephod. Now here in verse 10, watch this now. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, 
Thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, or I beg thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, He, being Saul, will come down. You see, when up to this point, David has inquired. This is the third time. He's asked the Lord for something, and God has given him an answer. We see that Keilah was raided. He said, should I go? God said, go on. We see David's men were rattled. They thought, man, we're going to be sitting up here in Judah. We're going to be up here at Keilah. We're going to be sitting ducks. God said, go ahead. And now Saul was revealed. David said, hey, is he going to come up? And the Lord said, yep. He's going to come up. Now, keep in mind, David has done a good deed. He's followed the will of God. He's followed the mind of God. He asked him, and God gave him an answer. He went and done the will of God. And there he is. You'd say, well, man, boy, God led him into trouble. Now, wait a minute. Quite the contrary. I've often said this, and it's a fact. Did you know that you and I are immortal until God is done with us? Now, let that so chew on that just a minute. We are immortal until God is done with us. And David is in the will of God, and David certainly ain't done. Because we see Saul was revealed. The Lord said he will come down. Now keep in mind, David's just helped these, these folks in Keilah. Well, surely they're going to protect David. No, no, no. Watch this in verse number 12. Then said David, here's the, here's the fourth one. And we call this David was rescued. Verse 12. Then said David, will the men of Keilah deliver me? And my men in the hand of Saul, and the Lord said, They will deliver thee up. Now, it's sort, of, it's sort of funny when you think about this. He hears about his brethren up there in Keilah getting robbed, their threshing floors getting robbed by the Philistines. So David says, Lord, shall I go up? The Lord said, Go ahead. So he goes up there, and the men were right. I don't know where he's sitting. God said, No, nope, go ahead. Then you see Saul was revealed because he asked the Lord, as he, he's already destroyed the Philistines. Saul is on his way up. He said, hey, is Saul coming up? The Lord said, yeah, he's coming. He said, well, what about this crowd here that we've just helped, that we've just destroyed the enemy, the Philistines that were raiding their crops? Are they going to turn me over unto Saul? And the Lord said, you better believe they are. Well, look at verse number 13. Then David and his men, which are about 600, arose and departed out of Keilah. And went whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah. And he forbear to go forth. In other words, he just quit pursuing, quit going after him. Verse 14. And David abode in the wilderness and strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day. But God delivered him not into his hand. There's times where God was taking care of David even when David didn't ask. But in verse in chapter number 23, we could say that Keilah was raided and he inquired. He inquired of the Lord. David's men were rattled and he inquired of the Lord. Saul was revealed when David inquired of the Lord. David was rescued from the hands of the men at Keilah when he inquired of the Lord. Now notice, flip over to chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it's worth reading. Now keep in mind at this particular time. Saul is still in power. Now, David is God's choice, but Saul is still alive. So David's sort of halfway on the run, and he's made his abode over here in a place called Ziklag. We've preached on that here in time past. But notice in 1 Samuel 30, I'll begin reading in verse number 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, that's where David's stronghold was set up. 
That's where their, his family was, where his family, his, his soldiers' families were those mighty men. Well, look at verse 2. The, the Amalekites and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So here the Amalekites have come into Ziklag while David's out to battle. And David's men, he takes the wives and the children. They don't kill any of them. They just take them captive. Well, look at verse 3. So David... And his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now watch this now. And David's two wives were taken captives, Hinoam of the, the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Now here's God's anointing. I mean, he's following the direction of the Lord. Now, keep in mind, him and his men are constantly on the move. There's always a threat of Saul. Now, God never let Saul get close. I mean, he got close. David could have killed Saul on numerous occasions, but he withheld his hand. But I'm saying this, they, they were constantly moving. And now the soldiers' families have been taken, and the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. And watch this in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And there may come a time, you listen to me well, I'm just sort of preaching along and preaching through this. There may come a time in your life, especially if you're in the service of God, it doesn't matter what you're doing. As a saved individual serving in a local church, if you're doing anything for God, there'll come a time when you'll have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You'll have to do that. Why? Because there, there are seasons you go through where nobody else is going to encourage you. Amen. It may seem like everybody's against you. That's where David was. But thank God there's an encouraging source in the rock of ages. And that is the Lord that we can lean upon and we can depend upon. And we can, well, you might say, when a preacher, how, how can a person encourage himself? Well, think about this. The Bible said David was distressed. Ain't that what it said in verse 6? He was distressed. And he encouraged himself. So in other words, he was, he was distressed, and we know that he was discouraged. Now, if you ever get distressed, you ever get discouraged, I'll tell you what, tell you what old Slewfoot will do. The devil, the enemy will do this. He'll start whispering in your ear. He'll start whispering all the negative things, all the bad things. Everything will just begin to pile up and begin to pay. But listen, if, you, if you'll just step back just for a minute, and just pull back the curtain. You won't have to go far into your history. Maybe just a few days. Maybe a few weeks. Maybe a month. You may have to go back a year. Maybe I have to go back a few. But if you start pulling back that curtain, you just look at the trail. Think about the breadcrumbs of blessing. Oh, man. That God. Oh, the one that. Listen, she just sang about it. That God's been good. You don't have to look far. Hey, if you say by the grace of God, he pulled you out of all my. You ought to be in hell tonight. I ought to be in hell tonight. If you ain't got nothing else to praise God for. It's just this, that he redeemed us out of that old miry clay and he set our feet upon a rock. But listen, God didn't stop with that. Man, he began to put those benefits and those blessings and started dumping, not shovel fools, but bucket fools and, and, tr and du dump truck load fools on his people with the blessings of God. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Quit listening to the devil. Just go back and look at the track record. You say, preacher, I've got difficulty. i got problems. I can't walk good. Well, listen, you ought to thank God you got a leg. A lot of people don't. I can't see too good. Thank God you got eyes. A lot of people don't. 
Preacher, I can't hear good. Thank God you got ears. Some people don't. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I forget some stuff. Well, there's a lot of folks can't remember nothing. So thank God for what God has given you. When you get discouraged, when you get distressed and depressed, man, just pull the curtain back and look at the blessings of God, and the Lord will encourage you. David encouraged himself. I mean, the people getting ready to stone him. And here he is with this fifth one. All was recovered because look in verse number 7. So here he is, he's encouraged himself. And the Lord of David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord. So all of the families are gone. The children are gone. Lord, what are we going to do? David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop, that being the Amalekites? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. When David, you read on a little bit further, that's exactly what happened. He recovered all. Now, think about this for just a minute. David could have well easily, Brother Brandon, when he came in and, and David's men, when they saw that their families were gone. A lot of folks said, man, ain't no need to pray about this. I'm going after my family. You know what David did? He inquired of the Lord. He inquired. That's a lesson for me. That's a lesson for us. The smallest thing you think don't need to be prayed about, you ought to pray about it. Amen. You say, well, that goes without, uh, that goes without saying, man, you ain't got to pray for your family. Just go get them. Well, David prayed. He inquired, and we know the rest of the story all was recovered. Now go with me to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 2. I'm moving. What are we on? That was the fifth one. So Keilah was raided. David's men were rattled. Saul was revealed. David was rescued. All was recovered. But now the sixth time he, requ- he, he, he makes this request, God provided a reservation. He provided a reservation. In 2 Samuel chapter 2, and notice with me in verse number 1. Now keep in mind, at this, at this time, Saul has died. So David... Bring or basically he's getting ready to assert the throne. Eventually he gets Judah for those seven and a half years. But watch this in chapter 2 of 2 Samuel verse 1. And it came to pass after this, after what? After the death of Jonathan and Saul. So they're without a king in Israel. But watch this. And it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? So David is wanting direction. Lord, where should I go? Well, God provides a reservation. Look what God said. And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? In other words, where you want me to go? And he said unto Hebron. No way you could mess that up, Brother Harold. God specifically said, I want you, not Gilgal, not, not Bethel, but I want you in Hebron, not in Gaza. I want you in Hebron. That's where I want you to go. God provided a Reservation. Look at verse 2. So David went up thither, and his two wives also, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, Nabal's wife, the Carmelite. And you could go on and, and you could read a little bit more and, and further into that. And we see that those men, they, they anointed him there in Hebron. Judah did at the beginning, and there he reigned those seven some years. But we understand that God provided a reservation there in Hebron because David inquired, Lord, do you want me to go up to one of the cities? 
The Lord said, go up. He said, well, where, which one? Where do you want me to go? And God was specific and said, Hebron. You know, there's something that God gives to believers. Now, we've got all the Word of God that we need in the six, contained in the 66 books of the Scripture. Starting in Genesis chapter number 1, going to Revelation 22, everything in between there is all that we need. God's not going to give us any new Word, but I'll tell you what He will do. When we inquire of Him and when we're in His Word and we're, we're following the Spirit of God and we're in His will and we don't have any of that unconfessed sin that will trip you up like it did in Joshua chapter number 7 that we talked about a little bit this morning. I don't know what you might have hid under your tent that you might think everybody else don't know about. But man, it's affecting your life. It's affecting your, it'll affect your prayer life. Uh, you say, preacher, I just don't know about that. Well, Psalm 66 and verse number 18 said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I remember years ago working for the city of Winston-Salem. They'd call us and they'd say, hey, we got, we got flooding issues over here. And you say, well, man, why in the world would they call you? You go down. We wasn't there to clean up the trash. But what had happened when we got down there, Brother Brandon, those beavers on some of those creeks, what they were doing, they were damming up that creek and they would dam it up so much and, and everybody thought it was beautiful to see those little beavers swimming around until their grass that was well manicured and their sidewalk was sitting underwater. What we had to do, we had to go down, we had to trap those those beavers. And what you do, that that they would back it up and, and you go up and they they'd put all kinds of trash in there, man. And if you want to catch them, all you gotta do is just break just a little bit to the top where that water's going over. That old beaver, he'll come right up through there, and you got something waiting for him when he comes. That's about as far as I'll go. But uh, j- just to understand, there's plenty of water that was running down through there. It wasn't a problem, but there's a bunch of trash that was stopping up the flow. There's a source from the pipeline of heaven that God wants to bless me, and he wants to bless you. But when we got so much damned up in our life of trash and filth and sin, man, the blessings can't flow through until that trash gets clean out of the way. Now, what, I guess where I was going with that, once the beavers are out of the way, you can clean that stuff out, and man, that water flowed free. Well, the same holds true in our life. There might be some beaver dams in our life that we need to get cleaned up, all that trash, because they'd be, they'd be sticks, and they'd be limbs, they'd be bags, they'd be buckets, they'd be plastic stuff, strode ever. All that trash had to be got out of the way, and the creek could flow again. Well, it's an important point for you and I as believers to make sure that we're clean and clear before the Lord, because I need God's blessings. You need God's blessing. What about this? You say, well, you know, I've got sin in my life. I've got some unforgiveness. I've got some bitterness. I've got some things in my life. But it's not bothering anybody else. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you seen our prayer list lately? It's long. A lot of people are sick. A lot of people can't. A lot of people with needs. You might come to the house of God, you may sit, you may read your Bible, you may do all that, but I'm telling you, man, your prayers can be hindered because of sin. Now, this ain't in the notes, but this is where God's parked us for just a minute. You've got to make sure, again, Psalm 66, verse 18, you look it up, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know what? Your children are too important to let something stand in the way between you and God. <laughs> Amen. 
There's needs that are around us. There's lost people dying and going to hell that we better be begging God. And they're worth you and I staying clean so we can come before God and be clear. I hope that makes sense. And we understand tonight that David, uh, he was provided a reservation. Now go with me to 2 Samuel 5. I'm moving. We're going to number 7. And there's a place called Baal Perizim that was routed when David inquired of the Lord, 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. Now David has been anointed here at this particular time uh, all three times. So he's king over all the 12 tribes of Israel. Now verse 17 of 2 Samuel 5. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hole. You know the Philistines never did learn. <laughs> they never did learn. Now, they had witnessed their champion fall time and time again. Every time the Philistine, Philistines came before David, David whipped them not just one time, but every time. But they were relentless to keep on coming. That's the important point, by the way. In typology, in the Old Testament, the Philistines are a type of the world, the flesh and the devil. They are relentless. You never get a time out in life. You're always going to be bombarded with things. Amen. Well, David, here he is, verse 17. They, they've come. And verse 18 of 2 Samuel 5 said, The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall, Now here's the new king. Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Belperazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as a breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Belperazim. Now that Belperazim just basically means there was a breach. It's almost like a dam that was busting. The water comes rushing through. That's what David did under that crowd. In other words, Baal Perazim was routed after he inquired of the Lord. Notice as you drop on down, we ain't done. Look at verse 22. And the Philistines came up yet again. There they are. I mean, they never, never, they get, they get their tail whipped every time. And there's a remnant that keeps coming, keeps coming, and keeps coming. Verse 22. And yet... And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord. Do you see a pattern? Do you see a pattern of David? He's inquiring of the Lord. Verse 23, when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up. Now, wait a minute. God's all, just about always said, hey, go up, go up, go up. But this, this time, God didn't say go up. He said, thou shalt not that's why it's important to pray. You say, well, I, I prayed about this last time and God, God told me to do this. Well, this, this situation may be a little bit different. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gaza. And that was one of, 
uh, Brother Ronnie Evans' favorite passages about the mulberry trees. And I remember preaching on the mulberry trees at some point or the other. But understand, when David inquired of the Lord, what happened here, preacher? Well, David was to wait for the rustling. To wait for the rustling. Times before, he said, Lord, shall I go up? Yep, you go up. And you whip the Philistines. This time the Lord said, well, they've come again. Shall I go up? The Lord said, nope, just hold on. I want you to make a compass. I want you to go back around behind them. Get behind them and just sit down. Just sit down and wait. When you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. In other words, when you hear that special rustling. And evidently David understood what it was. And he knew what he was listening. That's a good important point right there. We got to know what to listen for. And sometimes we've got to slow down long enough so we can hear. Sometimes we've got to quit moving around and just sit down. Bible doesn't say how long he waited. But the Lord said, you come around behind them. And when you hear the sound of a going in the top of them mulberry trees, in other words, when you hear that rustling, you wait for the rustling. And when you hear it, then the Lord said, I will go out. And smile. see, David, sometimes, well, and, and you and I do the same thing. Sometimes we fight battles that belong unto the Lord. Because we rush things. We get way out in front. We, we get the, uh, what, the, what do they call that? Where they, where they gr- jump off a horse on a uh, steer wrestling. And, and jump on a steer and just wrestle that thing to the ground. I mean, sometimes we want to wrestle things to the ground. And sometimes we expend way too much energy because if we just followed God, God would have took care of that problem for us. And that's what happened right here. I hope this is making sense tonight. There in 2 Samuel chapter 5, he used to wait for the rustle. But this last time, notice chapter 21. I'm done right here. 2 Samuel 21. Up to this point, when you think about when David inquired of the Lord, he asked the Lord. We know that Keilah was raided. David's men were rattled. Saul was revealed. David was rescued. All was recovered there at Ziklag. The Lord provided a reservation for a place in Hebron. The Lord said, where, or David said, where am I going to go? And uh, Shall I go up? Yep. Which, where am I supposed to go? The Lord said, Hebron. So he provided a reservation. Belperazim was routed after he inquired of the Lord. David was to wait for a rustling And he did, and God honored his obedience. But notice in 2 Samuel chapter number 21 and verse 1, this ninth and final one. The Bible said, 2 Samuel 21 and verse 1, Then there was a famine in the days of David three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is for Saul and for his bloody house because he slew the Gibeonites. There's a couple things I'd like to say about this. Right here, Saul was the reason. There's a, evidently, there's been a drought, according to the Word of God. Year by year, three years has been a drought. Now, I don't know why it took him three years, Brother Harold, to ask the Lord, Lord, why is this drought upon us? But David asked. He inquired of the Lord, what's the reason of this drought year after year for three years? The Lord answered said, well, it is for Saul. You know, if you study your Bible and you go through and you think about the pestilences and you think about diseases and also droughts, that's one of the judgments of God. Sometimes He will judge a a, a community. Sometimes He'll he'll judge a a nation. 
Sometimes he judges that way by withholding the rain. There's multiple Bible verses, especially in the Old Testament, when people rebelled against God, God would withhold his hand. Now, you think about this for just a second. I don't know how much produce and I don't know how much grain is produced in the U.S., and there's a lot. And, of course, a lot is produced over there in Ukraine. All this war and stuff as, 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 as of course, wheat and everything else went out there. Adrian knows, and some of the farmers knows about this. But there's a lot of us that just take farming for granted. We really do. I mean, even now out west, they've got those, those droughts and the rivers they say are drying up. And they're rationing the farmers. And some of them are having to leave their land fallow because they don't have enough water to 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 allow the crop to survive because of the drought. If God takes his hand off of this land, and it won't take long, (laughs) it won't take long at all, we'll starve to death. Do you really believe this generation that we've, I'm talking about the CC generation, do you really think that they're going to be able to feed themselves? I think not. You chew on that just a minute. But God sometimes would send judgment through a lack of rain or withholding that rain. But we understand God let, let David know that Saul was the reason. But every time, these nine times that, that we've looked at tonight, when David inquired of the Lord, Sister Savannah, you come on, if you would please. David inquired of the Lord, the Lord gave him an answer. Now here's what I want you to get. Go back over to the New Testament. We've looked at Philippians 4 and verse 6. The Bible said, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. All of us may have different needs, but yet all of us have got needs. You might have a financial or a relationship or, or a problem in a certain... Maybe, maybe you've got a certain issue, maybe, maybe a, a hot temper or, or maybe an unforgiving spirit or, or, or maybe some kind of little pet sin, something going on in your life that you... And listen, we all deal with something. Now, what trips you up may not trip me up, but what trips me up may not trip you up. But there's a lot of things that trip us all up. We have to ask God, Lord, help us in this. But when's the last time you asked the Lord to help me in a certain specific area? Have you ever asked the Lord this? Lord, put somebody, and I say this quite often, but if you do it, you see what, you'll be amazed what God will do. Lord, put somebody in front of me today that I can be a blessing unto Lord, put somebody in front of me today that needs the Lord Jesus Christ. You start praying that way. And the Lord start opening those doors. But we got to inquire of the Lord. James 4, I close with this, verse 2. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. You see, sometimes we... We want our will to be done. But we're to pray for His will to be done. I don't know what your need may be. There may be somebody on your heart as she begins to play. Somebody that's lost. When's the last time you inquired specific? Oh, Lord, save the lost. Well, that's great. But if you get specific. Call their name. You don't have to call it out publicly, but privately. Call their name out to God. It's preacher, i got a need in my life. What am I going to do? What David do? Nine times he inquired of the Lord. Some things you say, well, man, I wouldn't even have prayed about that. Well, David did. Sometimes God said yes. Sometimes God said no. Sometimes God said wait. He'll do the very same thing for you and I. But our responsibility is to ask and inquire. 
we'll be glad that we did one day as we stand our feet all over the house let's pray Father Lord here we are again and we sure do need your help sure do need that touch Lord areas of our life that we need help with Lord I pray that we'd be specific tonight situations certain someones that are on our heart Lord in this congregation no doubt there's many in here that know somebody that's lost and Lord maybe they've already prayed for them today God, if they hadn't, I pray that this very hour they'd do some business and do some begging. Lord, we know you're the only one that can save them, but Lord, we know you hear and answer prayer. Lord, I pray for that in this facing a job crisis, a financial crisis, a relationship crisis, some kind of thing we ain't even mentioned, but God, you brought it to their attention. There's a need in their life. God, help them as David did to inquire of you. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I pray for that one that is distressed tonight like David was. That one that is discouraged. That one that is defeated and maybe even depressed. Lord, I pray that they'd pull back that curtain. Lord, and see the blessings, God, you bestowed upon them. But above all, Lord, if there's one here tonight that's lost, never been saved, God, I'm so thankful that you'll save even on a Sunday night. God, I pray that you do what only you can do. We'll be careful to give you thanks and praise for we ask it in Jesus' name. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat-and-meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2 
something the Bible said therefore by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God you must understand that you're loved I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life Romans 5 and verse 8 declares but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us you must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God there's not many ways there's only one Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6 he said I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 the apostles message was very simple there in Acts chapter 4 in verse number 12 they said neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved you might ask the question preacher how can I be saved that's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16 verse 30 and 31 he asked Paul and Silas he said sirs what must I do to be saved they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house Romans 10 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved you must ask God to save you I can't do it no one can do it for you Romans 10 13 said for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if you know you're a sinner and if you're sorry for your sin and you believe Jesus died for your sins you simply have to ask him to save you and I say preacher how can I know for sure God will hear me but first of all the Bible tells us that we must be drawn John 6 and verse 44 Jesus said no man can come to me except the Father which had sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.